calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Heart of the Ronin, Volume 1 of the Ronin Trilogy. Written and produced by Travis Heerman. Voice talent by Danielle McCarville and Zeus Legion. For more information, please visit TravisHeerman.com. This novel contains violence and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 8. Black. Desolate moor. I bow before the Buddha. Lighted in thunder. Kake. Yasutoki dozed in the shaded confines of his palaquin. The late afternoon sun warmed him and made him drowsy. Vague dreams of thundering hordes of barbarian horsemen tearing through fields and towns flitted through his mind. The barbarian hordes plowed through the lines of samurai, casting them aside like chaff. The visions of the dreams shifted to a scene of villagers marching in parade to the clang and rhythm of gongs and drums. The noise of the parade grew louder and louder until Yasutoki realized that the noise did not come from a dream, and his awareness slid back into wakefulness. The noise was real. He rubbed his eyes and listened. It did indeed sound like a parade, and he could hear the happy chanting as well. Had his entourage encountered some sort of local festival? He ordered his bearers to stop and called out to his chief bodyguard. Captain Yamada, what is going on? Captain Yamada, a broad, muscular warrior with a barrel chest and blockish head, approached the palaquin and bowed. It is a parade, my lord. We have met them at a crossroads. It looks like over a hundred villagers. They are carrying something on a pole, and it looks like they have a prisoner. A prisoner? Why would a parade be leading a prisoner? The parade was growing nearer, with several villagers carrying gongs and drums, beating them with great enthusiasm. When they drew within a few dozen paces, Captain Yamada walked to the fore of Yasutoki's procession and stood in the middle of the road, fists on his hips. Halt, Yamada called. He would brook no disrespect from peasants. 
This is the procession of Otomo no Yasutoki, Chamberlain of Lord Otomo no Tsunetomo. What is going on here? The parade halted as well, milling about for a few moments. Yasutoki peered out of the palaquin and observed the procession. At the fore of the parade was a large man wearing the rough clothes of a farmer carrying a long pole. Atop the pole was a strange object. Yasutoki's eyes narrowed as he studied the object. A skull, but unlike any skull he had ever seen. Twice the size of a human skull, bulbous and misshapen, blackened as if by fire, with huge cracked tusks and three scorched horns protruding from the forehead. Its shape was somehow familiar to Yasutoki. He listened as Captain Yamada spoke to the peasant who stepped out of the throng. The peasant said, Honored sir, please do not let our celebration detain you. I am Koji, headman of the Mayabara village. Why are you celebrating? Yamada asked. Koji pointed up at the skull on top of the pole. For years, the bandit Oni Hakamadare has terrorized this province. At the sound of the Oni's name, Yasutoki started. He knew that name well. He compared the charred, battered skull to his memory of the Oni, chieftain's dark, rough face. The three horns on the forehead were distinctive. It had been a fearsome creature, but also clever and resourceful, just as the human bandit known as Hakamadare had been so long ago. And it succumbed nicely to the allure of wealth like most people. Yasutoki had a great deal of hidden wealth, thanks in part these days to the Oni's occasional collaboration. Once, he had hired the Oni to slaughter a recalcitrant merchant with too many political connections to be killed openly, one who stubbornly resisted Yasutoki's offer of an illicit partnership. The Oni and his gang had simply stormed into the town of Hakuzaki during the night, set fire to the merchant's opulent house, and butchered everyone who came out. On another occasion, one of the governor's high-ranked retainers who had grievously insulted Yasutoki at a party disappeared without a trace on a journey to the capital. The Oni had been a useful tool on many other occasions. Yasutoki and Hakamadare had forged a mutually beneficial relationship. The Oni had provided Yasutoki with a ruthless club to enforce his will on the Hakata underworld and Yasutoki had provided the Oni with all the sake, gold, and tender young flesh he craved. Hakamadare had had his own strange sense of honor, and Yasutoki would miss his services. But how could such a creature have been laid low? Koji continued, Now he is dead, and all of his henchmen with him, except for this one. He thumbed over his shoulder at the bound, wounded man being dragged along near the rear of the procession. He survived the battle that slew his master. The man's clothes were caked with dried blood, and his face was a shapeless mass of swollen bruises. His arms were lashed to a log tied across his shoulders, and one of the villagers tugged at the rope tied around the man's neck. A crude, blood-soaked bandage covered the truncated length of his right forearm. How was the Oni slain? Yamada asked. A woodsman from Uchida village says he saw the whole thing. 
He says he helped a wandering ronin kill the oni. A ronin, Yamada said. What was his name? His name is unknown, but he is said to have saved the life of a noble maiden, even though her entire entourage was slaughtered in the attack. And wayward noble maidens just wander these woods? Who was she? Yamada's voice grew more skeptical. The woodsman said she was the daughter of Lord Nishimuta no Jiro. Yasutoki started. How interesting. This coincidence was not lost on Captain Yamada, either, who paused and glanced back at Yasutoki's palaquin. The villager continued. We villagers of the Mayabara heard what had happened, and we decided to help those from Uchida clean up the mess from the battle. The ronin had burned the oni's body to ashes and took off with the Nishimuta maiden. All that was left was the beast's skull. There is talk that the ronin was carrying the lady's wounded hand-servant, but not all the stories are the same. Even stranger still, the ronin matches the description of a man who murdered the constable of Uchida village the previous day. This ronin must be a dangerous man. Has anyone tried to find him? The murder of a constable is a death sentence, Yamada said. A young deputy from Uchida village is trying to track the ronin down but no one has seen him. Then the villager's voice grew dark and spiteful. Five years ago, the Oni and his gang came to my village and stole four women and fifty sacks of rice, burned five houses, and killed my brother. People from all over the land should be celebrating the Oni's destruction, not hunting the Ronin for some other offense. He is a hero. Yamada nodded. Of course. The land has been freed from a great evil. What do you intend to do with the prisoner? Koji's voice grew contemptuous and menacing again. We are taking him to Dzaifu to stand trial. A quick death is too good for the likes of him. Yasutoki called from the palaquin. Captain Yamada. The stocky samurai approached the palaquin. Yasutoki kept his voice quiet so that only Yamada could hear. I wish to speak to the prisoner. Yamada bowed sharply, then turned back to Koji. Bring forth the prisoner. Koji bowed and obeyed, motioning the other villagers to bring the prisoner forward. The prisoner stumbled and nearly fell as one of his guards jerked savagely on the rope around his neck. He gasped and choked, but kept his feet. He was hauled before Yasutoki's palaquin, and Yasutoki regarded him through a gap in the curtain. Yamada stood close, ready to protect his master. The prisoner seemed to regain some of his senses and tried to peer into the palaquin's dim interior. Yasutoki said to the prisoner, Tell me of this ronin. Cooperating now may ease your death. Yasutoki did not recall this man but from his wounds he was all but unrecognizable. The man licked his swollen lips with a bloody tongue, and his voice came out in a croak. I did not see him. I fell before he came. When I woke up, the fire was burning and everyone had gone. What fire? The prisoner tried to peer deeper into the palaquin. The fire that destroyed my master's body. Who was your target? 
it was the procession of some noble, a Nishimuta. Why did you attack? My master heard that the Nishimuta maiden was beautiful and wanted her for himself. We waited near the road in ambush for them to come. No one hired your master. Could the Oni have been working for one of Yasutoki's rivals? No. The prisoner stopped speaking and peered again into the shadows of the palaquin. Then recognition dawned in his eyes, and he whispered, It's you. Yamada, kill him, Yasutoki hissed. Instantly, Yamada drew his sword and slashed. The gleaming blade sliced into the log across the prisoner's shoulders, and the prisoner's head tumbled forward onto the road. As the body collapsed like a limp rag, Yamada jerked his blade out of the log. Koji jumped forward, eyes wide. What happened? Why did you kill him? He attacked me, Yasutoki said smoothly. He was a madman, and serving the Oni made him evil beyond redemption. Unfortunate that his death was so swift, but it could not be avoided. Koji stared at the twitching corpse pouring blood into the dirt and the severed head nearby. Yasutoki watched the tumult of emotions cascading through Koji's features. Shock, horror, dismay, disappointment, and perhaps disbelief. You could not see clearly what happened. The prisoner went mad and threatened my life. Yasutoki continued, attempting to reinforce his wishes with the astonished villager. You may report these events to the magistrate in Dezaifu. Koji swallowed hard and nodded. I will see to it, honorable lord. Very good, Koji. Yasutoki paused for a moment to let the headman know that his name would be remembered. After my procession has passed, you may continue your celebration. Koji bowed deeply. Thank you, my lord. It has been my privilege to speak to you. Thank you for dispatching our prisoner for us. It was nothing. Now, out of the way. Yes, honorable lord, right away. With that, Koji ran back to his place with the other villagers, and they all moved to the side of the road, prostrating themselves. Yasutoki gestured to Yamada. Let's get moving. Yamada bowed. Yes, my lord. Leaving the corpse on the road, Yasutoki's procession resumed its travel. What was the fate of the Ronin and the Nishimuta Maiden? The only Nishimuta Maiden likely to be traveling through this area would be little Kazuko. What a strange coincidence. Some strange shift in fortune was at work. But what had happened to her? And what about the Ronin? A man who murdered a constable then saved a noble maiden from a horrible fate. Could they be the same person? If Kazuko was harmed, her father's wrath would be a spectacle. Yasutoki's impression was that Nishimuta Nojiro worshipped his daughter, and she him. When he had first met Lord Nishimuta, he had filed this bit of information away for future reference. He was always looking for such bits so that he might use them later to twist situations to his advantage. His thoughts returned to his own loss of advantage. He had been robbed of his most useful henchman. That vexed him, 
Then he had a flash of inspiration. Perhaps this Ronin would make a suitable replacement. Ronin were well known for their flexible morals, and this one sounded like a fierce man indeed. And the murder of a Nishimuta clan samurai sounded like useful material for blackmail, if the man proved stubborn. He must be found, and quickly. Yasutoki must know more about him. Another thing he must see to when he reached Dezaifu this evening, and he knew where to begin looking. The ronin might arrive at Lord Nishimuta's estate at any time, if his intentions were truly to see the girl to safety. And that was the perfect opportunity. Yasutoki was going there himself in a few days. If the ronin meant to spirit her away for himself, however, then Yasutoki would have to cast a wider net. What a strange day. Thank you for listening to Heart of the Ronin, Volume 1 of the Ronin Trilogy by Travis Heerman. Volume 2, Sword of the Ronin, and Volume 3, Spirit of the Ronin, are available now on your favorite audiobook platform. Please visit TravisHearman.com, look me up on social media, or send me an email. I would love to hear what you think about the story. 